Hello everyone, welcome to Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are recording with Christine DiBenedetto from Wink Salon in Asheville, North Carolina. So welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, um, we kind of always start the show off with a, like a little bit of an icebreaker. So what is the last show that you binge watched? You know, I'm not a binge watcher. Um... If there's anything I binge watch, I usually do Bob's Burgers with my kids. That's it. That's awesome. Watch shows. So you're a mom. So how many kids do you have? I have two. And ages? My daughter is a fifth grader, so she'll be eleven. And my son is a fourth grader, so he's almost ten. Okay, so they're close. They're close in (laughs) age. And you got your boy, your girl, done. Yep, girl knocked him out, and now you know. We're just navigating uh, getting older That's together. awesome. So tell me, um, I want to talk to you more about being a mom and doing what you do, but what is your role in the industry right now? What are you doing in your day-to-day? In my day-to-day, well, I'm a salon owner, and um, I'm also behind the chair a little bit, not like I used to be. So I, of course, do all of the um, – I, I cut hair. And I really have specialties, so I'm mostly working with curly-haired people or thinning hair women who, and I'm a cutter, so I kind of stopped doing color. Over the years, I've just, um, I really kept iterating and changing what my day-to-day looked like. I'm much more interested in the business aspect of the salon world, and I'm a project person. I'm not really a maintenance person, so I tend to crave being outside of the salon a lot and starting little projects. Wink has a lot of little things going on all the time. So we have, of course, you know, a staff of 18. We have apprentices. We have a nonprofit that we now have in the salon called Humble Hairdressers. Then we have a little offshoot of a passion project of mine called Big Life Thin Hair. And we have um, an education platform. So we have a lot going on. And I sort of like oversee sort of bird's eye at all of those things for the business and so my day-to-day is when I work from home I do just like you name it a bunch of shit constantly (laughs) I'm in a coaching role with my staff and I have a business partner too and then when I'm in the salon you know I'm high-fiving people cracking jokes doing the urgent work and doing the important work and having fun how many days a week are you in the salon how many days are you home so I try to only be in the salon three days a week. Some days I need to be there five. Some days I just feel craving to go into the salon and be around all that energy, and I don't really feel like doing all the hard work that I have to do, all the brain work I have to do at home. And then some days I really want to stay away, and I want to push projects forward. So I would say it's a comfortable three-two, and then sometimes it's more five days a week in the salon. I'm not there on Saturdays anymore. I do pop in. But I'm not there on Saturdays. I'm usually at a sporting event with my kids. Yeah. (laughs) And so how long have you owned your salon? We have owned our salon, me and my business partner now, for 14 years. Wow. Okay. And always in Asheville. There was never different locations. No. Um, I was working in another salon with my business partner, my current business partner. Um, And then 
we opened up Wink 14 years ago. Wow. Okay. And so you went to beauty school. Where did you go to beauty school at? Oh, God. I went to this dump, literally. <laughs> beauty school is such a dump. But um, it was here in Asheville. Okay. Almost 20 years ago. Um, so it was called North Carolina. I don't even remember what it's called. All I know is that the owners were stealing Pell Grant money from people, so they got shut down. So oh, no. I, it was a crime school. I went to a crime school. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just um, I could not wait to get out of beauty school. Yeah. So how long ago did you graduate? From beauty school? Yeah. 90, 96. Okay. And so did you – what was your story from beauty school on – to where you are now did you work in a different salon for you know how long and what were you doing there well when I I graduated beauty school um and I did the 1200 hours I didn't do the full 1500 hours I just needed to get the hell out of the um, beauty school and I started working at a salon in Asheville where I went booth running so I did not have an apprentice program or anything I kind of hit the ground running immediately out of beauty school and I started to just um I, I had a clientele instantly like super busy um right off the bat so I really didn't have and there at that time in Asheville too there really were not a lot of salons I mean 20 years ago Asheville was very very different as far as the landscape of what was fashion forward or what was going on in the beauty industry. There were decent salons, but nothing that was really energized and um, had a lot of leadership there. So I found a right fit for me, and that was working with some people who were rust designers at the time. So I had great um, team members in the salon that I worked at, and they were friends of mine, so they knew my personality, they knew that I had raw talent, and they knew that I could talk to people because, you know, I just that was always a gift of mine too, and I just hit the ground running, and then I jumped into being an educator very very quickly. So I'd say I skipped kind of proteging or apprenticing, and I went right into being an educator for Rusk, and that was that was really where I learned how to really do hair. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so you have been behind the chair. And at what point were you like, you know what? I'm going to go out on my own. I want to open my own salon. Well, as I was saying, the, the landscape, the time was different. Things were a little bit different in my city. And I kept looking around, and I just felt that we wanted something more elevated. You know, we I worked in a salon. We didn't even offer beverages, and we didn't even take credit cards at the time. And if you wow. can like you know 20 years ago you could do that you know, cash only checks only and I wanted to offer something a little bit different so I started to just like dream up this spot in my head and well I always knew I was going to be a, a salon owner I just am one of those people I'm made for um leadership um I have a macro vision I hold that I'm good have at you always been this confident in it like did you always know like you know what they're doing things maybe different than I want to do them or did you always just know, like, I can't work for somebody. I need to step out and do my own thing? I had a sense when I was going to go to beauty school that I was not going to be your everyday hairdresser. I would never fall into, like, a super cuts or anything like that. That that, that world was not for me. Yeah. And I had an, um, an idea of some of the op opportunities because, you know, I – would go into New York City all the time. I mean, so I already, I was already like getting my hair done in New York City. I'd already had been, you know, um, you know, at Divashan and um, 
Lorraine Massey, who wrote The Curly Girl, Girl Method, I had already seen the industry at a, a higher level. Yeah. So I decided I was going to go to beauty school. I did that because I had already cut everybody's hair, you know, like everybody's hair. I was never afraid to cut anybody's hair. I was not playing with my doll's hair. I was not one of those people. I was not, you know, doing braids. But anybody that wanted their hair completely cut off, I had a, like a fearless quality about that. So I cut people's hair off for, you know, beer or whatever in college. I did it in high school. <laughs> Um, I did it in Asheville. And so of course I met my business partner and she and I, we were just friends. So she was my hairdresser in Asheville and she was like, you really need to go to beauty school. And I thought, mm, I don't know. It's not really for me. I was in a whole different realm and I was on a whole different path in life, which I thought was going to be, I was going to be a college professor. I was going to, um, go to graduate school. So I was kind of, uh, you know, preparing for graduate school and, you know, I thought maybe my parents would be disappointed that they spent all that money on college. And I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to beauty school. And I went to beauty school and, you know, I just hit it hard. I did so much hair in beauty school. I did crazy stuff in beauty school. I did some of the best hair I've ever done in beauty school. Really? I had, absolutely. I mean, because I had such lack of supervision. Okay. Yeah, for rain. Have that um, foundation there. I didn't have the instructors, so I was rogue, completely <laughs> rogue in beauty school. There was like a line of people at the door, always coming in to see me. I was, I was just getting it done. I was doing so much hair and making so many mistakes and being very, very fearless. And I had so many people um, in Asheville at the time that were just sending friends and friends to me. So, beauty school, I really was able to a lot of that out of my system and I did a ton I mean I'm not even exaggerating a ton of hair and then I would leave beauty school and I would do hair you know in my at my house my apartment in Asheville at night I mean the every I was doing so much hair in beauty school yeah that's incredible because I think that one of the things like when we have students that will come in and meet with us and be like you know here's what I want to do I want to be a salon owner and um, we really encourage them to go work for somebody else and kind of make your mistakes on someone else's dime um, and learn what they're doing because, um, I mean, you having that confidence is something that I really love because it's not something that I see a lot. Um, there are definitely certain people that um, in my six years of doing admissions that have stood out or that have been like, oh, wow, you're really not afraid to try this or you're really kind of a go-getter, but you seem like you were so confident going into it. And I feel like sometimes we kind of have to talk um, people into that confidence. So I love that you just went in there and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to own my own salon. Like I, I wish that I could give that to everybody that I meet with. Well, I also knew that I was going straight to a booth running situation. And I, I knew that I was working with people that had, um, standards, yeah. you know, even offer me extra training. I mean, they did a little bit with me, but, um, I knew that they were really great hairdressers and I knew that there was a standard and I knew that I'd be really busy, right? right from the go get-go. So I just um, used beauty school to um, get what I really, really needed, and what I needed was to do hair. So, I mean, I, would, I was sweating bullets taking my state <laughs> exam because I was like, I don't even know how to do a thing, girl. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't believe that I had passed that exam because <laughs> I had such crap training. Yeah. But I do, um, just to circle back, 
because you did ask if I always knew I was going to be a salon owner. Yeah. And I think mostly because of my personality. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really meant for that. I'm meant for that role. And um, it's not for everybody, though. You know, it, it, it's very intoxicating for people to see, you know, oh, I'm going to open up my own business. But it's really not for everybody. Mm -hmm. you, it really does take um, somebody who's willing to iterate and innovate and, you know, push push um, past hard times and keep figuring out how to have a market advantage. And it, it takes a whole different set of skills to really be an amazing business owner too. Yeah. So what are the challenges that you face that maybe you didn't expect to face as a salon owner? Is it employee management or um, just like building your brand? What is it that was challenging you that maybe you didn't expect going into it? I don't think that you're really – prepared for the mindset that's required of you when you are training a lot of people mm -hmm. and when you are um, building a business that's based that you that is birthed out of a lot of your own needs you know so I think part of Wink's success is that we were able to birth a business out of these real needs and these um, things that me and my business partner saw were not happening in our city things that we were struggling with, you know, curly hair or a lack of education. So our whole business model was, was built on things that were really with, within us. We didn't steal a template. We didn't look outside. I mean, of course, you know, you, you borrow from right. all sorts of sources and you do get inspired by people, but we built it based on something that was like really true to who we, we are with a mission and core values and a, a vision. And when your template is borrowed and taken, everybody's like, you know, take it as a compliment. How many businesses you birthed here in Asheville and how many people you've trained. But that sometimes is a hard one to swallow. Sometimes I just want to, I want to see more of people innovating from their um, own personal interests or whatever it is. So the mindset piece where I've had to, you know, deal with some of that shadowy stuff inside of, my, of myself. When, um, you know, that, that was, is the biggest challenge, you know, the, that piece. And I have really, um, I, I really do strive to have great relationships with people that used to work for me mm -hmm. now own their own salon and they're very, very successful. And a lot of them kind of like do look a little mini, you know, wink. So right. it's very important to me that I retain really strong relationships, but there's some that didn't weren't able to attain. So that, that stuff kind of eats up at me a little bit. Yeah. What is the market like in Asheville right now? Are there a bunch of big salons? I feel like Asheville and Knoxville have made the joke a few times since moving down here and then visiting Asheville, falling in love with Asheville that like what we, you know, what Asheville does, we do a year later, you know, like we've got the Tupelo honey and we have the little like square and we don't have the drum circle night yet, which I'm still like really on board for. But I mean, I think that it is a very similar city. So what is the salon? Um, what's the competition like there? Well, um, uh, you know, as you can imagine, it's pretty much heavy in the booth running okay. and, I'd say maybe 70%, you know, booth rent and 30% commission salons. And I do see the commission salons as having all being driven by a set of core values and all being mission driven and all being very education focused. So 
I have a lot of respect for the other people that are doing it that, that way because it is an investment. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. tremendous investment in people when you have a commission salon. Um, there are some amazing hairdressers. We have top talent here. We really do. We've imported a lot of people from bigger cities that love, that want to live here because it's a great place to live. And we've also had a lot of people come up through the ropes here in Asheville. There's a lot of editorial stylists. There's a huge wedding scene here with great, you know, great um, hairdressers doing that beautiful type of hairdressing. I mean, there's people in it that are not even hairdressers. I mean, there's makeup artists doing hair for that, those kind of things too. Yeah. So it's a, it's quite a, um, a talented pool of people here in Asheville. And um, I have a lot of respect for so many of my colleagues and I have a great relationship with a lot of my um, other salon owners in town. Um, I think everybody does it a little bit differently, but Wink definitely is a torch-bearing entity. I mean, we have a lot of, uh, we birth a lot of ideas. We, we bring a lot to the community. Yeah, so one of the things, so I stalked you a little bit. <laughs> Once I <Sure>. found... <laughs> You probably saw me follow you on everything. I watched some of your YouTube videos. I stalked your Instagram, obviously, your website, all of that stuff. So one of the, I want to talk to you about two different things. Um, one I want to go into a little bit more detail about. So I'm going to ask kind of the one that I think that you can give me a short answer, but an answer that would help um, stylists that are in beauty school right now. Um, what is Wink U? Okay, so it's just Wink University. <laughs> Nothing fancy. <laughs> no great plan words there. Just Wink University. Um, so we do in-house education. We do um, – um, one of our specialties really is one-on-one. -on -one. You know, we do that really, really well. You know, my business partner has really championed that. That's her – um, that She's is her brightest. beautiful, by the way. I saw the pictures on Instagram and her birthday pic. I mean, you guys are both like so adorable. Like I love, oh, I love yeah. it so much. Everybody thinks we're sisters. Yeah, you um, totally could be for sure. Yeah. She's Argentinian. Um, I think that, um, what that's really something that we're really good at. We're good at one-on-one -on -one education and we are really, cause I think we all came from that, um, that world of, um, platform artistry and being able to have to really describe what you want something to look like versus um, what what you're going to do. I mean, we have to really get in there and teach our stylists how to use better language. So in Wink University, we don't like to hire a ton of apprentices all at once. Okay. We'd like to just have a few at a time so we can really give them customized and specialty education. And we always do it on Mondays. Uh, Monday is the day, and like I said, my business partner, she's the one that really is um, so lit up there. I like to only work with the stylist once they get to a certain level. Then I'll come in okay. for what I'm good at. I'm way better suited for the advanced education. Okay, but something you just said is like acknowledging. Like if you're in a partnership with somebody or if you go into business with somebody, identifying what you're good at and what mm -hmm. the other person is good at is so important. Like it's not, I think sometimes when people go into business together or if they even are just stylists at the same place, like it's okay if your strength is not 
everything. You know, like you have to identify what you're good at and specialize in what you want to specialize in because it's awesome to be able to have the opportunity to refer somebody else. And so identifying that your business partner um, does a little bit better with the um, associates when they first come in, you taking the end of it, like I bet you have a higher success rate instead of you being like, okay, I'm going to do this in the beginning, even though it's not my favorite, or maybe I'm not the best at it, but allowing her to do that, her allowing you to do what you're good at, I think is so important. I think that this is an industry where you can very much want to be good at everything and be like, I, okay. I want to do all of that. So I, I want to talk to you about what you're specializing in, but I just thought that, that was such a good point. Of- you know, the business partnership um, area, There's a, there can be a lot of seeds of resentment there. Definitely. Don't give each other permission slips to do what you want to do. I mean, part of the reason why I've been able to iterate and bring all, you know, I, I've done a lot of harebrained ideas. We've tried lots of different things at Wink. I mean, and then my business partner's always like, oh, there's Christine again. And she's <laughs> down. And she knows that I get a little impatient, you know, with somebody who can't cut a straight line. or and, But she gets so thrilled and so lit up to see young talent um, have all these clicks. Because, you know, um, that's what young hairdressers don't seem to don't really get sometimes is that the clicks don't always come right in the moment when you're learning something. Clicks yes. come can come a year later, two years later. Randomly, when you're on this one random haircut, you'll be like, oh, yeah, there it is. There yeah. it is. So yeah, so giving each other permission slips to just be who you want to be and do what you want to do because it's a journey. I mean, life is a long thing. I mean, if you want to really stick with something for a long period of time, I mean, you're going to go through all sorts of phases with it. Yeah, no, and I think that's so important. Like I said, I think that that's something that maybe is not talked about a lot and I've talked about this on previous podcasts of like I'll have students come in my office um, and I would love if you're ever in Knoxville by the way for you to come visit um, the school because I think the students would love to meet you um, and love to hear what you're doing in Asheville um, but that's one of the things that students come into my office and it's their first week of haircutting ever right like they've never been in cosmetology school before and they come to my office and they're like I'm so frustrated I can't get it and I'm like Why would you get it this early? You know, and that's something that I wish that um, I could just give to them is just that patience of just them understanding that you're here in school for a really long time for a reason. And even when you graduate, there is so much to learn that will come to you exactly like you said. It will click at different times in your career. It'll click almost like I kind of believe like when it's supposed to click. You know, Mm -hmm. you'll grasp that thing that you're like, why did I never understand this before? Or why did it never make sense to me? And now all of a sudden it makes sense. And I think that's and true. Just don't in life. know until you're actually adapting all these technical skills that you learn. You really don't know what you're actually going to be really good at or what's going to get you really excited behind the chair. You might be a person that knows right off the bat, like you'll never do curly hair or you're going to be a colorist, but not you don't know that until you're really in it and you're working and adapting yourself into that environment. And that takes time to really see, to suss that out for yourself. And, you know, this, um, moment in time, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, there's just a lot of intoxicants that are happening in the industry and these young people are coming by it very naturally. They are on social media and on Instagram every day. And they see that there are people who are becoming these influencers. And I do believe that our industry has a has more of a responsibility to sort of rein some of that who becomes an influencer in because on one hand, on one side of the industry's mouth, we talk about 
that this is education is the end all be all. It is a macro picture. Mastery takes time. And on the other hand, we're constantly giving these people all of this attention, media attention, you know, just to drive content and right. creating these influencers out of people who maybe really are not the real deal. But it's hard to even understand or peek behind the curtain of any of that when you're a young person and you've grown up just on these visual images. Right. Something and you see these other people that are posting, but you know, nobody really knows the truth behind all of that. Right. It just is, um, it's a, it's, it's honestly a disservice. It's a devaluing of the industry and more young people just have to realize like it's, you have to just get in there, get your technical, technical skills up to chop, up to par, and then go and figure out what's inside of you and what you're going to be good at. And that can only happen with actually doing it. Yeah, definitely. So you have found your passion. Um, so I want to talk to you about something that uh, you've really focused on um, recently, um, definitely following you um, and seeing what you've been posting about. So not only curly hair, but women with thinning hair is something that you are, um, I don't know if you want to call it specializing in or focusing on. Um, how do you explain what you're doing with this project? Well, I started this blog many years ago as a um, – you know, I, as a way to just start a conversation about uh, thinning hair, just to kind of like out myself that this was something that I had I've been dealing with and that I knew that um, maybe eventually that I could create another business around it. So I started a, a blog, you know, my first like um, WordPress blog back in the day. So I've had many iterations of Big Life Thin Hair. And I just started writing about it. I started writing about kind of how I felt about it. And, and um, like from a personal experience. This wasn't something that you were talking about with clients yet. It was just like your personal experience right. with it. Trying to relate it back to, of course, the, my, my hair industry. Um, but keeping definitely a personal spin on all of that. So I started to just do that. And then I started to build followers that way. And then I, you know, iterated trying to be a little bit more industry specific, um, I'm still trying to really exactly figure out what, what I love about the conversation, having these conversations about thinning hair and what exactly, um, is my overarching goal with big life thin hair, but it really is about, um, helping women who have thinning hair find just joy and meaning in their lives and live a big life. I think it's the big life piece that I'm particularly interested in. The thinning hair is just you know, one thing that anybody can have. I mean, it can be big like da da da. You know, yeah. any. Since the thinning hair was always my, you know, um, cross to bear. That was something that I just felt like I needed to talk about, and I was very, and uh, you know, I had already observed how difficult this conversation was for stylists to have in the salon, and with their clients, I had already worked with many women with thinning hair who felt terrible about themselves. They felt very unattractive. They felt very, you know, not valued by society. They had all sorts of this narrative that I just felt wasn't true. None of that was true. And going through that myself, I kept thinking, well, that's not how I feel about myself. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sucks to have thinning hair, you know, but I don't feel these ways. So how can I turn this into a business or how can I figure something out that I can kind of reach more people and just say how I feel. So Big Life Thin Hair was born and now it's kind of become, you know, a resource, a blog. Um, um, and I'm creating an e-course right now for hairstylists. Cause I learned 
through this little journey that I've done is that I'm better. Um, I think that's who I need to be reaching more to spread this positive message that we can help women live big lives. And, and um, it really does have to start behind the stylist chair because consumers are also intoxicated by Instagram and the, the web. And they're getting way more of their information about our industry from bloggers than they are getting it from hairdressers. So the sooner young hairdressers can learn that the education component can be done in a way that really um, empowers people, and we can talk about challenging things like thinning hair. We can do it all with love, and we can empower people. Like The sooner we can do that, the more people are going to even elevate our industry even more. Yeah. So what was your experience with it? What Was there a moment where you said, I am feeling this way. I don't want to feel alone. I want to talk to people about it. Or was there like an awakening in you? Um, Was it just being behind the chair that you said, we really need to be having a conversation about this? Was there any kind of moment that stuck out to you with that? Well, any kind of moment. I think anytime you have something that you feel is not perfect, you know, you're always, you always have that whisper inside you or it's always with you when you're engaging with the world and when I was in early days of being an educator I I was very aware that um, you know the kind of models that we needed the kind of haircuts we needed to do the kind of clients that we needed for the specific kind of haircuts and you know um, I think that I had a lot of reflection at that point about, you know, who I was and my hair and was I feeling a sense of misalignment with my industry because I was having all this like inner thought about my hair. So it was bringing up a lot of that stuff for me, more of those questioning about, am I misaligned because I didn't have this like kind of hair that I wanted to have. And so that really was when I started to think, okay, like I need to get this out of my system. I need to get something going because I know there are so many other hairdressers who are just like me, mm-hmm. and I know there there are a lot of women out there who could really value from something like this. Yeah, well, I think that's awesome. I think that when you find your story to tell, I think that you can just really take off from there. So how long have you been doing this, and um, – do you have people that are coming into your salon because they have found you um, from social media or from your blog or who have you been impacting through this? Yes. In fact, it's really changed our whole salon in many ways, you know, because as I was saying, like I wanted this to somehow uh, be a a business as well. Like I knew that I was clear. Like, okay, I'm like going to figure out how to, you know, turn this into another arm of our business. And, you know, now, we didn't have that exact product. Like, you know, eventually I'll have this e-course and maybe that'll be a product that we can figure out, you know, what to do with. But over time, what happened slowly was that the conversation started, the thinning hair conversation started and the whole salon began to transform. It elevated the stylists. All of a sudden the stylists were more educated. We were talking more about hair, the hair shaft. We were getting back to science. I mean, it was awesome to see because I geek out. Like, and that's where (laughs) I actually get excited yeah that kind of stuff so all of a sudden the stylists were smarter and they were speaking in a way about the hair and helping clients understand how to take the best care of the hair they have on their head that then was of course reflected in our product sales and the things that we started to um 
you know, become like our top three products or our top 10 products, all of the thinning hair stuff. We were selling, we've been retailing at such a high level. And part of it is because we speak a, a little bit more of a, you know, hair nerdy language at Wink. Yeah. And we talk to people about how to um, stick with a long-term program, how to um, understand like, you know, what their daily habits are doing to their hair, how to take the best care of the hair they have on their head. So we were able to like see that we actually had a lot of core concepts that came from special having this conversation on thinning hair. We tried some extensions and we tried some other services that really are not really the right fit for our salon. We do a lot of cutting and coloring and that's like what we're very happy doing. Yeah. We don't want to be hair restoration. We've, it really gave us an opportunity to sort of like, look outside of what the normal salon world and see what the possibilities could be as far as all the iterations and all the other financial models. But we're just happy cutting and coloring, educating, selling hair products um, to the salon. That that was another thing. Like it, The conversation piece lends itself to being able to have events that are really empowering and people talk about. And so um, it transformed us in so many positive ways like curly hair did. It was the same thing. I mean, it was um, an opportunity to really feel really good about themselves and how we could actually create um, business models and sales goals and elevation all around the conversation of curly hair and thinning hair. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I think that like what you're doing is so important. I think you having that um, connection to your cause or connection to what you're interested in um, will keep that even closer to the salon. I think that if it's something that you're passionate about, it's easily shared. So I think that all of those things are important. I think it's awesome that you guys are doing that. I love Thank it. Um, okay. So during the show, I don't know if you've listened yet to any of the um, previous podcasts, but we always play a fun little game of Would You Rather. Um, so I have just two questions for you. Um, There's nothing too crazy, but I want to ask you. So would you rather wake up um, for the rest of your life with perfect hair or perfect eyebrows? Perfect hair. Really? <laughs> yes. I asked a bunch of people this. I actually did a poll on my Instagram. Um, and perfect brown brows was such a close second. I thought for sure hair would be the thing. If you could wake up and not have to wash your hair, color your hair, whatever you have to do your hair every day. Um, I thought that that would be the easy win. But everyone's so obsessed with brows now. So silly. So silly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So perfect hair. I love that. So would you rather go without dry shampoo for the rest of your life or go without mascara? Oh, I don't care about dry shampoo at all. So I would go with that outlet shampoo for the rest of my life. <laughs> so you're taking the mascara. Now, you know, the thinning hair thing, you know, that's not something I recommend, dry shampoo. Oh, really? Oh, well, tell us yeah. why. Well, part of um, thinning hair for people is helping them have better scalp care and helping them understand that scalp is skin and hair is makeup. That's kind of something we say in the salon. Oh, is makeup and that you know this is dead your hair is dead and it requires one gameplay but your skin and your scalp requires something else and so people that get like obsessed with dry shampoo sometimes they're not taking the best skin care um, care of their scalp and as we have the conversation of thinning hair we do talk about cleanliness uh, exfoliation microcirculation hydration everything that the scalp really, really needs to just be happy and dry shampoo 
it's just not for everybody. Okay. Mascara is my (laughs) dream. Well, it's really good to know that we need to be careful about the dry shampoo. Also, I definitely think that we live in this society where like, you know, we're up and out the door and quick and like, we don't want to wash our hair as often as we maybe used to. Um, but yeah, it's good to know that that's not always best for your scalp. Um, okay. So what would, is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's either in beauty school currently, or that is wanting to go to beauty school? I would say use your time in beauty school wisely, get models, cut hair, get as much experience as experience as you can um while you're in beauty school don't wait don't be lazy cut hair do it like i did do it in your bathroom at night talk to everybody every time you're out in a bar say hey come into my school get use your time wisely there cut hair color hair do hair and just be cautious about um all the intoxicating things that you see on the internet and know that the best hairdressers are the most educated hairdressers and education will always always um be tied to your earnings the more education and the more earning you have so never stop learning and do some damn hair in beauty school <laughs> i love that well thank you so much for being with us today where can we follow you where can we find you on social media well um big life in hair, uh, com is my uh, website and I do have a blog that I that I um, feed from time to time and my Instagram of the salon is wink Asheville and then big life thin hair and that's where you can find me or come visit me in Asheville yes I'm dying to come visit you so <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today and thank you to our sponsor Tennessee School of Beauty you can visit them at www.tennesseeschoolbeauty.com follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook don't forget to follow Follow me at Beauty School Bobby and visit our website, beautyschoolbobby.com, where you can find all of our podcasts. Thank you so much for listening today, and until next time, bye. Bye.